For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. It is the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. But wait, there's more. Now also open in a Five Points. So if you're in the Five Points area, you can enjoy Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen now with those two locations. Five Points, big shoes to fill in that old uh, Waffle House. And uh, also the original location in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center in Watkinsville. I'm Chris Brain from the home team. David Johnston from The Morning Show. Hence the crossover podcast with a uh, couple of things to cover today and uh, one maybe curveball off the bat we don't often talk hawks here on the uh, the crossover podcast or really on 960 the ref in general but we felt like we needed to mention this because i think you could add what happened in the lottery the other night to just the very long list of things seeming to never go right for Atlanta professional sports and here the Hawks were with this uh, I mean not a bad opportunity not a great one either they had a 10 and a half percent chance to uh, to get the number one overall pick but they were sitting there with the fifth worst record in the NBA and uh, the lottery ended up going almost as bad as it possibly could have gone for Atlanta the only thing that would have been worse would have been if the Mavericks had actually gotten up into the top four and then the Hawks wouldn't have had their pick. So at least Atlanta does still have two lottery picks this year. Yes. Yeah, so what does eight and ten do for you? Contavious Caldwell Pope was the number eight pick a few years ago. Yeah. We look back through some eight and tens over the last five or six years, and there just wasn't a whole lot going on there. Not strong. No. This is being considered like a pretty decent and uh, deep draft. The thing I'm worried about is you've got the the other two Duke guys after Zion, Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. I gotta be, I don't like either one of them. And uh, I mean, you can kind of see it was it was stunning to watch how much of a one man show Duke. I mean, Duke of all programs really turned into that was a team that without Zion was I mean, Wake Forest missed a layup at the buzzer for Duke to beat them in Cameron at the end of the regular yeah. season. And I mean, so Zion is obviously the no brainer guy. So congratulations to New Orleans. But if any of those other two Duke guys are still there and Atlanta ends up taking them, I don't know. I, I feel like Sheldon Williams. Um, <laughs> who, well, who do you like? That over. center from Texas. I see his name kicked around. Uh, you know, like you said, I've seen Cam Reddish, his name kicked around. The, uh, the, the kid from Texas Tech, I wouldn't be opposed yeah, to. I don't think he'll be there. Yeah. Any, though. I don't, I think he will not be around. Would the Hawks try to move up to get him potentially? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. You know, they do have that extra pick to yeah. work with. I mean, is there a way they, do they even dare package that or they just hold and say, we'll take two lottery picks. Cause that's really been what, uh, I think what the, the, 
you know, the, the direction has been is you just got to stockpile lottery picks and pick guys in the lottery because these teams that make the playoffs and win the NBA titles, they're, they're doing it with guys. They're, there's no value in the NBA draft. Like the teams that win, they win with players that are basically lottery picks or these obviously these no-brainer type players like Zion Williamson who you just know are going to be superstars. Yeah, well, you know, it's just – it's just, do they feel like they got lucky last year because Kevin Herter turned out to be a good pick at 19? And I know a lot of folks around here were disappointed that the Hawks traded Donkic to get Trey Young, and both of those guys actually had very good seasons. Yeah, I Young's going to Young, be good. Young is a very good looking player. So, do you, you know, are they going to kind of not rest on their laurels, so to speak, but are they going to think, hey, well, you know, we had two good draft picks last year, we get two more this year? I mean, here are the name. Like I've just pulled up a couple of mock drafts. Nasir Little from North Carolina. You know, is that going to be another Marvin Williams? Oh, the Marvin Williams. He didn't even start for the Tar Heels, and the Hawks took him number two overall. Yeah. That is a massive, he, he, massive red flag. He was like the you know the six foot five quarterback with a cannon arm, right? Yeah. He just well, he looks like the guy Gotta we want. Take him, yeah. And that was the period too in the Hawks. Uh, I remember it was I guess in between Mookie Blaylock. And then when they eventually got, was it Mike Bibby maybe? Yeah. That Atlanta had no point guard. And that was a draft. They could have had Chris Paul or Darren Williams, but they took another, you know, like 6'8 <laughs> swing man, which Williams. they were, that was all they had on Brutal. the roster at the time. Brutal. So Nasir Little, Romeo Langford, a shooting guard from Indiana. I mentioned Jackson Hayes, the power forward slash center from Texas. There's Cam Reddish. You know, P.J. Washington from Kentucky. There's a guy from France. And it's just, it's it's kind of underwhelming. I mean, I'm sure several of those guys will be good players, but, you know, the guys that you really like outside of Zion, like a DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. You mentioned the guy from Texas Tech, Jarrett Culver. I still think those guys are going to be around. Yeah, Hunter would be intriguing. And, uh, you know, that Virginia team was just so, they were tough to watch yeah but well he hit some big shots in that yeah, uh, in that final four in that national championship and he was game. the one that was hurt for them last year right yes the, yeah so yeah. they didn't have him i mean it still shouldn't have excused him from losing to a 16 but still you, know, you see what a difference a guy like that makes so and then another high draft pick now the hawks aren't in the market for a point guard is the guy from vandy that didn't play this past year he yeah was hurt. take a pass on him yeah yeah so they don't have to worry about that but like you said the best they could have done was one and six, and the worst they could have done was almost what they ended up getting, I think. Yeah, or with the exception of the Mavericks. Or one and nine maybe was the best they could have done, or yeah. something like that. Or if the Mavericks had gotten into the top four, and then the Hawks wouldn't have had their pick, because right. I guess that pick was top five protected. Right, right, right. So... Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, the worst would have been Atlanta would have had one pick and it would have also moved down to like seven would have been where Atlanta is, I guess. Right. But they ended up eight and ten. So they dropped yeah, in both. Right. Yeah. But they could have dropped and the Mavericks could have moved up and they'd have dropped and only had one pick. <laughs> At least they still hold on. They would have had two the lottery next picks. year, though, if that had happened, if they'd have been lottery protected. Yes. Right. Eventually they would have gotten they it. Would have gotten I don't know how many years it yeah. would have been lottery protected, how that works. but. But anyway, um, and you know, I love. I think Zion. I mean, he's so dynamic. He's he. I mean, you can pick apart his game. I mean, there. I heard some guy yesterday. He's set short arms. And he's, oh, okay. What he is he? A left tackle? Yeah, exactly. He can't. You know, he doesn't have a medium game. Uh-huh. You know, just picking him apart. And it's like, all right, if you want to do that, that's fine. But 
He's dynamic. He's the most talked about college player in a decade. You know, his you can put him like now. Are the Pelicans going to now start uh, try to say Anthony Davis? Now you got to stay with us now. Look at this. Yeah, or a Zion. Or can they package him and get a bunch of picks to go around Zion? Yeah. Or, I mean, is it Zion's going to be like, all right, well, I guess I'm stuck getting drafted by you, and I'll just have to pull an Anthony Davis in like however many, four or five years, exactly. whatever it is. But here's what when I saw Duke with Zion, they beat Virginia twice in the regular season. Uh, I guess they're the only team that beat Virginia, right? No, they did. I guess Virginia lost three times because they lost in the uh, ACC tournament, too. And like Florida State beat them, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So, and then, you know, I watched them lose like three of those five games without them. They got swept by North Carolina. They uh, they lost at Virginia Tech. And they, you know, they closed out the regular season. I remember watching that game. Wake Forest missed a layup at the buzzer that would have beaten them in Durham. And that was a Duke team that was just uh, completely different without Zion. And that's the impact that he made. And that's, on, again, on a program like Duke that you'd think, okay, because they also had Barrett and Reddish. Would have been able to at least, you know, weather the storm of um, of losing him. But that was a, a totally different team once he went out. It was. I mean, and again, you can pick him apart all you want, but the guy's dynamic. He's he's a terrific player. He just he just bring. He's got that it factor. Yeah, you know. And I, I know well, that's kind of a cop out. Yeah, he's going to sell tickets. I know saying he has that it factor is a little bit of a cop out of trying to explain what he is, but th- that's what he is. Well, it beats uh, that he has short arms. Maybe that's Travis <laughs> no, Schlenk. No middle game. Yeah, like, Travis what? Schlenk is out there. Like hey, he's got short arms like, and we no middle game. Take him anyway. I know. Number one. We wouldn't take him at eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want him if he was still there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we had to mention that because I think that you just add that to the list of like. By the way, Atlanta sports things. Can I throw another Hawks thing in here that yeah. I just stumbled upon? Although I'm sure it's been mentioned, but I don't keep up with the NBA. So Mike Budenholzer and Terry Stotts are both still coaching teams in the NBA playoffs. That is accurate, yes. Okay. T- and you know what? Former Hawks coaches. Budenholzer, his team's got a chance to cut the nets down, too. <laughs> I know. They're going to have home court against Golden State. Yeah. And, and, and they may not have Durant. They may not have Durant. I'm t- and I think it's uh, – and look, Cleveland's had the best player in the on the floor, too, and Golden State was still beating them. But uh, Milwaukee's going to have the best player on either one of those teams. Yeah. Do so, they have the supporting cast to be able to beat Golden State in a four-game se- or a seven-game series? I think their supporting cast is better than what, what Cleveland, Cleveland was had, rolling out there the last couple much. of years. Yeah, wasn't much. I mean, but, Cleveland should have won Game One last year, but that uh, that knucklehead was dribbled out the clock when the yeah. game was tied. Oh. <laughs> so. Well. Like I said, I'm pulling for the Trailblazers and the Bucks, so it's Terry Stotts and Mike Budenholzer. That would be a classic Atlanta moment, too. It would, yeah. totally. Either Stotts or Budenholzer would win the NBA title then. <laughs> and Stotts, every now and then, is he's been rocking like a bow tie on the sideline. Have you seen that that garb? I have not. Yeah. I have not. I think the other night he was wearing a regular tie. He, he, he was. I think he maybe has done it like once or okay. twice, and he's gotten... I've noticed he used, he's got he used to ride Marta to work, didn't he? No one yeah, knew well, good who for he him. Was. Yeah, no one knew who he was. Yeah, well, not surprising. <laughs> if like you got on Marta now, I don't, who, the Hawks coach was on there, I wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't have known Stotts back then. Yeah, Coach Bud now. 
I don't know. I know the Hawks players' names, but I don't think like if Kevin Herter walked up to us right now, like I'd be like, "Hey, Kevin oh, Herter, okay. what's going exactly. on?" Exactly. Like, oh, there's a tall guy standing over <laughs> yeah. there. You play basketball? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I play for the Hawks. I'd be the same way. Um, I'd recognize Trey Young. Yeah, and I think I know what John Collins looks like. Yeah, I think John Collins and that, that might, might be, be about it. Yeah. yeah, that might be it. It'd probably be about it. I know their names though. Good stuff for the Hawks. But only I, the Hawks. Yeah, only the Hawks. I look, if the Hawks had gotten the number one pick and had Zion, I'd have been watching regular season Hawks games. So I it know. is a me uh, too. I might have even gone to one. Yeah, I would also like to say too because I know well the Lakers moved up to number four. They had like a a six percent chance of doing that. Um, and I guess even the, the Pelicans. Yeah, only Pelicans had a 6% chance of getting number one. Yeah, so of course there's the lottery's rigged, the lottery's rigged. <laughs> I would just like to point out a 6% chance is not a 0% chance. Yes. <laughs> so it is uh, It is still a chance. And, uh, and got it. the odds were against them and they got up and there. And then their GM was the guy for the Cavs that kept getting the number one pick too. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is rigged. Uh, I was going to say. I was going to say. So, although he did draft that guy from Arizona State, number one, uh, I think he. Oh no, no, uh, UNLV. I know you're talking. Oh, UNLV. About. Maybe that's a, a Thompson. Uh, from when he was with Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm blank because the guy's not even. He's playing in like Greece now. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah. But he went to UNLV. Okay, is what I remember. Yeah. What I was. Somewhere out west. It was a horrible. Because after LeBron left, they got number one back to back. Yeah. Uh, was Bennett Kyrie, was his name. Bennett. That's yeah. right. And Kyrie Ir- They took Kyrie They took Irving. Irvin and then they took Anthony Bennett. Yeah. Anthony Bennett. Yeah. That's the guy. He was Tony from, Bennett. Yeah. He went to UNLV yeah. and now he's playing in like Greece or something. Well, maybe the Pelicans will do something crazy and take Ja Morant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as we record this, the golf's second major, the U.S. Open. No, wait. The PGA Championship, a major move. It is uh, now being played in May, and um, it's already underway as we're recording this. The on the morning of Thursday, the opening round. Dave, yeah. I'm going to pick Brooks Kepka to win because he's always in contention at majors. Seems like he always plays well in the majors, doesn't it? Funny how that seems to work. He's uh, he he's won a lot of tournament. He's won a lot of majors for a guy who hasn't won any tournaments. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. No, it's and great. For him. I, I love, though, these majors roll around, and it seems like still nobody talks about them. It's uh, obviously Tiger is uh, on the map now, but then there's still, well, Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler and Rory McElroy. And then meanwhile, Kepka's like, you know, I've won like three of the last eight majors. Yeah, flying under the radar. I'm with you on that. I know we won't get in, there's no need to get into too much of it because. By the time this drops, they'll already be early in the second round. But uh, the Georgia guys that are in this weekend, you got Bubba, you got Harmon, you've got uh, Keith Mitchell and Kisner. Yeah. So hopefully the dogs will play well. I would like to give a shout-out to the Georgia golf team, though. They played great earlier this week. They won the Athens Regional, the NCAA, so they move on to the NCAA championships out in Arkansas. And sophomore Davis Thompson was the low medalist or the, I guess – is it just medalist or low medalist? Are you the medalist? I think you're just the medalist. Entire? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the low medalist. That's you don't have to say it that way. But anyway, um, so he ended up winning his first career victory, and uh, hopefully, dogs will roll roll out to Arkansas and play well. But that was uh, that was great to see earlier, and we had beautiful weather this week, and uh, 
Chris Hack, 63 career victories. He at breaking his own record of 62. Yeah, every his one of them now. Record, yes. Yeah, he's just tacking on to his yeah. own record. Yeah, that is so. uh, that's impressive. And the NCAA championships now are still they do stroke play and then the top. I'll do. I believe now. Don't quote me on this, but I believe. All right, so 30 teams get to the regional, and then after I don't know how many rounds they play, then it gets to the eight. Which is match play. And then they turn it into match play. So they decide the individual champion with the stroke play, and then the top eight teams go to match play. Right. Yeah. I like that format, but I know whatever team is leading after stroke play probably ends up not liking it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because, like, well, we just had, like, the best days, and now we could easily lose to whoever the eight is. Absolutely. It's basically a coin toss from there. Absolutely. Before we run into our uh, break here, we'll come back. We'll talk some baseball in the uh, second half with uh, Georgia wrapping up the uh, regular season this weekend against Bama, and then also the Braves. Do you – do you like hate or do you not even care that the PGA's moved to May? Um, I know the players like it, as I've heard them in their press conference this week talking about how they like it. I'm, I, I like. I, I guess I'm just. I liked in the summer knowing that you had the U.S. Open in June, the British Open in July, and you had the PGA Championship in August. And then when the PGA Championship rolled around, and when it was done, then you knew football was right there. And I like that gap from the Masters to the U.S. Open. I like the two months because it seems like it gives the majors a little bit more of a, of a buildup. Now it's just like Tiger just won the Masters yesterday, and he hasn't played since then. No, yeah. yeah this is his first time back out. It just feels like it's just it's on us too fast. It's like right now there's just a lot of other things going on. I don't know. That's kind of my feeling. Yeah. I yeah, For the spectator, it's probably going to take a couple years yeah. of it because it is like, oh, yeah, the – the PGA Championship yeah. is this week. And the fact that they're playing it between the Byron Nelson and the Colonial. So they were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Then they go to New York. Now they get to go back down there next week. It's just it's just weird scheduling. Yeah. It's one of those, like, you know, initial, you don't like it, but eventually you just get used to it. Yeah. Like watching I mean, Georgia play happen. Auburn in September. Exactly. It ain't going to change back. You can hate it all you want, yeah. but it ain't going to change. How about nope. you? So you're the same way? I mean, I'm indifferent You're to indifferent it. You're indifferent to it? Yeah. Yeah. I, the PGA Championship is my least favorite major anyway. And, yeah. um, I mean, I bear, to me, it just has always felt like a... It has more of a feel of a regular Just tournament. a regular tournament. So even in the summer, when you're... I'm sort of geared up into football mode by yeah. then anyway. Yeah. So... But the fact that they do play it on better courses than they used to helps. Helps, yeah. But, you know, so I'll be curious to see if this feels like a U.S. Open at Bethpage or if it right. feels like the Travelers The at defending Bethpage. champ at Bethpage is Lucas Glover, right? Uh, well, technically, yes, for a major. For a major. For a regular tour event, it's Patrick Reed. Oh. So they've played, they've played two playoff events at Bethpage since oh, okay. Lucas Glover won the uh, U.S. Open. Patrick Reed won a, one of them like three years ago and then like – in 2012, a guy named Nick Watney won. But it's funny because, like, the scores, like, Tiger and Lucas Glover were, like, minus three and minus four when they won. And when Watney and Reed won, it was, like, minus nine and minus ten. So the score, I mean, the course was set up a little it wasn't, easier. It wasn't like a major. Yeah, so it'll probably yeah. be more like this, like a minus two or three. I mean, I may be wrong, but it won't be way under par. Right. All right, that's the crossover podcast just can't get away from that patrick reed guy he comes up in every golf conversation i know yeah. i was enjoying last week though when tony romo played in the byron nelson that for about eight holes romo was ahead of him 
Because Romo, like, birdied his yeah. first, and he chipped in for an eagle. Yeah. And then eventually, though, <sighs> you know, Romo did miss the yeah. cut, which yeah. you should expect. Yeah. Uh, crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in Five Points. Uh, you, of course, uh, if you're checking us out on uh, iTunes, you can download us there or uh, listen on demand at 960theref.com. We'll uh, take a brief break, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk some Braves and Georgia baseball as uh, well. Chris and Dave with you, the crossover podcast on 960theref.com. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkins. Yeah, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in Five Points. It is the crossover podcast. Chris Brame from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show, and uh, the Braves have finally done it. They've called up Austin Riley, Dave, and he homered the other night in his first uh, career game, which is, of course, what he was doing pretty much every at-bat at Gwinnett. Is he in the zone? Is that uh, the safe way to say it? I think that's the thing they call it, yeah, the zone. So what is that, 15 home runs at Gwinnett and 16 total, or is it 14 and 50, whatever it is. Guy's on a massive, massive tear right now. Yeah. And Can he pitch, though? Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly, exactly. The With the emails we've been getting in and the tweets, it's like it's either, oh, this is awesome, or why haven't they called him up already? You know, it's been one or the other. Yeah. I know, like, the that West Coast trip the Braves made, the series against the Dodgers, and then that first game against the, the Diamondbacks, it, it the the offense wasn't scoring a lot of runs too, but I don't feel like the Braves are in this. You know, they're right around five hundred right now as we're recording this. But um, to me, it's the the offense hasn't been the issue anyway. It's no. I mean, it's like that's why I was like, can Austin Riley pitch? Because it's still it's that bullpen is terrible, and uh, there's there are a few starting pitchers that I really trust. I mean, Soroka and Freed, I guess, are getting to that point where you're pretty confident in them whenever they go out there. But Tehran, no. There's something wrong with Fulton Avich. Yeah. And Gossman is like, I don't know. I mean, maybe Gossman will be good one one start, then the next start he won't be. I, you don't know what you're getting out of that guy. Well, they wasted one of his – I don't say wasted, but they wasted one of his starts when they just you know knew he was going to get thrown out <laughs> yeah. like three behind uh, um, Urenia. Urenia. And then the next, they brought him back kind of shortly. Later. And he, you know, three days later. Pitch great coming back off of that. I mean, was, that was that first game against the Dodgers. And, you know, he pitched okay out in Arizona, one run in six innings. So he'll pitch this weekend, whoever the Braves are playing this weekend. It's the Brew Crew, right? The Brew, oh, okay. So, anyway, you know, I, you know, to me, the I know the Riley story is a big story, but to me the, the, the big story for the Braves over the last week is that they finally moved Acuna up in the order so that he can now hit in the first inning, that he's guaranteed to hit in the first inning. Now that he's hitting leadoff, um, you know, I've been preaching that all year. It's like, why is this guy batting cleanup? You know, I know. And now they finally moved him to the leadoff spot. And they, I don't know, has Enciarte? He's he's on the injured list. Will they when he comes back? Will he and Riley? You know, will they platoon? Do the Braves try to trade Enciarte? You know, what do they end up doing? I, I mean, Enciarte has been pretty useless, but it's a tough. Uh, it's a catch twenty two with him because he is uh, an elite defender. 
So it's the trade-off right. of how much do you value the runs he saves in the outfield right. by pretty much running anything down. He ain't Andrew Jones, but he is good. Right. But offensively, yeah. I mean, they've just have he's stuck a liability. Him, yeah, they've stuck him down there in the eight hole. Yeah, and, he doesn't get on base. Albie's, um, you know, on-base percentage is not very good. So, you know, do you leave Acuna at the leadoff spot and then just go with, with Riley in left field, or do you let him platoon? You know, I guess that's the big question there. I don't know. So, and then you're moving Acuna back and forth, too, and I'm not crazy about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, Acuna, if he plays center or left, whichever, but yeah, he needs to stay hitting in the, the leadoff spot. Yeah, and he needs getting... to bat. He needs to be guaranteed and at bat in the first inning. Yeah, and he needs to be appearing at the plate more this season than anyone else who would hit leadoff, or even, yeah. say, Josh Donaldson, but... Um, yeah, and then there he was, I guess, the Friday night game at Arizona in the eighth inning. His, uh, he's hitting cleanup. He ain't coming up at that point. He hit that just massive home run. Yep, yep. And, uh, and the Braves won. The so, but I do like the uh, – it is – and I, I get it. Like, the, the, when you watch the Braves on TV, I mean, those guys basically are working for the uh, – for the Braves or whatever, but it's, you know, Acuna's in the cleanup spot. No, no, this is great. You got to have this guy in the cleanup spot. Then he moves to the leadoff spot, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is really the, the key to the Braves turning this around here on this road trip now is finally yeah. having him in the leadoff spot. Like, he should have been in the leadoff spot the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But the Braves or still need pitching. batting somewhere in the first inning. Yeah. That means Snicker for the first month of the season, six weeks of the season, had – 40 chances to ensure that Acuna would bat in the first inning, and he turned it down every time. And I think there were only like five or six games where he didn't bat in the first inning. So it wasn't like he didn't. But there were five or six games where you could have assured yourself that he was going to bat in the first inning. Yeah. And he and he didn't. And like you said, that's a great, um, great point that when he hit that home run to beat the Diamondbacks, I was an eighth-inning homer. If he'd been batting cleanup, who knows what the game would have been like, and it wouldn't have been his spot in the order right. to, to hit. In the leadoff spot, you're you're probably you're you know you're going to come up about five times a game. Yeah, you know, hitting cleanup, you know, might be four. It's just yeah. so it's just I'm I'm about getting my best hitters the most appearances at the plate during the season yeah. and over the course of I a mean, game. And if you just want to strictly go by like who gets on base, Marcakis is like the the best they've got at that. Other than say like you know Freddie, yeah. But no, I think, like, to me, Freddie and Acuna should be the two guys that are hitting one, two, fine. If you want to keep Freddie at three, no problem. But at least he's in a position where he's getting yeah. a good chunk of at bats during the season. Absolutely. Um, all right. Georgia wrapping up the regular season against uh, Alabama this weekend. And then it's off to the SEC tournament. I mean, what exactly is Georgia still in line to get over the next uh, couple of days? SEC right. title still a long shot? It's uh, yes, it is. They are uh, like so. It's all right. So Vandy's twenty and seven. Arkansas is nineteen and eight, and Georgia and Mississippi State are eighteen and nine. So Vandy has a two-game lead on Georgia. They got a one-game lead on Arkansas. So here's the weird thing. So three of the top four teams are playing the three bottom teams in the conference this weekend. So Vandy's traveling to Kentucky. Georgia's hosting Bama, and Mississippi State's hosting South Carolina. And so, like Jeff has been calling it, Thunderdome between Bama and Kentucky and South Carolina. Three will enter, but only one will leave to right. get to the SEC tournament. 
So, because Vandy's playing Kentucky this weekend, that, that makes Georgia a long shot to have a chance to win. Kentucky does have tournament. a guy, though. They got a guy. Yeah. They have Zach Thompson. And who, they're at home. They are at home, so there is that. Uh, so, we'll see. But, yeah, again, a long shot with – now, Arkansas's playing at Texas A&M, so they're of the top four teams. They've got the toughest weekend coming up. But, see, I think it makes Kentucky and South Carolina and Bama – at least a little bit more dangerous because they it's not like they know they're eliminated or they know that they're already going to Hoover. They got a lot to play for. Right. So they're gonna be playing like their uh, you know, their backs are against the wall. Their the seasons old are on yeah, the line. The seasons yeah. are on the line. Yeah. These are must win games, I guess, if you want to call right. it that. But all that being said, I mean, it's a 99% chance looking ahead to next week that Georgia's going to either be playing Wednesday at 10.30 or Wednesday at like 9 p.m. So they're either going to get the third or the fourth. I mean, I I want Georgia to win the SEC championship, obviously. That's what my heart says. But my head says they're either going to be third or fourth. They're two games back of Vandy, but the, so there's no but they way you have the tiebreaker. But with all that, all those teams jumbled in there, there's no, there's no. Well, I guess not. And then that would be mean Georgia would be losing games to Bama if the dogs ended up like the five and had to play two. Yeah, well, the only way I mean they would have to have a like horrific weekend and then end up in a three way tie with like Ole Miss and LSU. I know Georgia's got the tiebreaker on LSU, but I don't know how it would play out if. Ole Miss and Georgia and LSU were tied, like how that would you know work to for the three. I don't know. Right, it's yeah. just a lot of math. But I think it's just the easiest way to look at it is unless something crazy happens with Vandy in a crazy bad way for them, Georgia's going to be the, either the three or the four. Okay. So Playing on Wednesday, either morning or night. Yeah, either early or late. Like it to be early, but I mean, if you're just asking me to predict right now, I think Georgia's going to end up being the four seed and they'll play Wednesday night at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever it is. I hope I'm wrong, but just because of the teams that are in front of them and the teams that are, that are uh, you know, that they're playing this weekend. I'll, I will say this, though. I mean, I, I think the SEC get top four top eight seeds. So, you know, last year Georgia went 18 and 12 and lost two games in the SEC tournament and still got a top eight national seed. Let's say Georgia wins two out of three this weekend or even sweeps. That's 20 or 21 conference wins. So even no matter what would happen next week, they'd still get a top eight national seed. Right. But you still feel like that's something that's not locked in yet. No. Like Georgia will be hosting a regional. Georgia will definitely be hosting a regional but Georgia, next week. Yeah, but Georgia doesn't need to like suddenly limp to the finish line here and say, right. we're good. Right. And have Bama come in and actually maybe win the series and take two or three. Yeah. I mean, again, if they did, Georgia would still be 19 and 11. Right. And then you might want to win a game in the SEC tournament, maybe just to make sure. But again, they they won 18 last year and got a top eight seed. So, and uh, Cole Wilcox, well, I guess we're dropping this on Friday. He pitched last night. Yeah. I wish I could predict the future, but Tony Losey will be going Friday and then. Emerson Hancock on Saturday, and the dogs have kind of set the rotation there a little bit. So, um, you know, it's been a great, great season. But, oh, and here's the other thing I would like to point out as well, is that Tech, you know, they're in line for a top eight national seed too. So what I want more than anything is for both Georgia and Tech. I'm pulling for Tech, but I'm actually pulling for both teams to get a top eight national seed. That way – they couldn't meet until they got to Omaha. Yeah, both teams could end up in Omaha. In Omaha. Don't want to see them in a super here or over there. 
All right, uh, there he goes. Another exciting edition of the uh, Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Also, again, now open in Five Points. They're in the uh, the old Waffle House building there in the Five Points location. Appreciate you checking us out. Uh, however you do it, you can, of course, download us and subscribe to us on iTunes or listen on demand anytime you want at 960theref.com. We will be uh, back again next week. Next week... Um, I guess you might be in Birmingham, so we'll have to figure something out about. Uh, Could be a Tuesday recording if that fits your schedule. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get we'll it do taken an care SEC of. Tournament preview. Yeah, where we sit here and say like, I don't care if Georgia goes two and out. <laughs> but uh, I was about to say next week too. It's like that's the the last week, and then it's Memorial Day weekend is here already. So, so we we'll know next week we'll have an SEC tournament preview, and we'll we'll rehash the PGA Championship. Yeah, um, and, and we'll be closing in on 100 days. Closing until in on 100 days, and as we record this, right, we're 100 days from week zero. Yeah, from the Gators and Canes. Yes, 100 days from this this date, this yep. Thursday. All right, appreciate you checking us out for Dave. I'm Chris. This has been the Crossover Podcast on 960theref.com. You've been listening to the Crossover presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.